We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That is the most excited I've been watching a Royals game in years. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Welcome back to another episode of the Royals Farm Report podcast. My name is Alex Duvall, joined as always by my co one of my co-hosts tonight, Josh Kaiser. We're going to get to everybody really quick. Uh, joining me tonight also is a former co-host on the Royals Review Radio podcast, Jeremy Greco. It is great to see both of you really quick before I get too excited. We're just going to throw it immediately to our sponsor, and then we're going to come back and get excited. From the beginning, we knew right away that we wanted to do strength conditioning and a throwing program for the baseball and softball community. It wasn't something we were trying to back into or all of a sudden learn. We knew we were really good at these coaching these skills from the get-go. And the fact that we're in the same business and the employees are all on the same page, you know, we can write a program based off of what a kid needs, not just getting him stronger or faster from a general sense. It's what does this kid need? On the pitching end, we can say, hey, this kid needs such and such. He needs to do this or that better. A lot of times it turns out it's not something that needs to be fixed in the baseball cage or on the throwing mound. It actually needs to be fixed in the weight room. All right, big thanks to Kansas City Strength and Conditioning for sponsoring the show this year. All right, gents, I am fired up. I don't know about you guys, but when I was watching the game on Friday, and, and I wrote about it, and I, if, if, you, if you read the article I put out, the, the open letter, so to speak, that is the most excited I've been watching a Royals game in years. It was so much fun 
watching the game develop. It was rookie after rookie after rookie after rookie contributing to the team. Today on the field, eight of the 10 players, while Daniel Lynch was on the mound, were in their second year or fewer of Major League Baseball. It was six rookies and two guys in their second year and Daniel Lynch and Edward Olivares. And then you had Ryan O'Hearn and Nicky Lopez as your elder statesman of the group. <laughs> it was fantastic. Michael Massey's out here hitting singles all over the place. That home run, when Vinny Pasquantino hit that home run, my kid, is he's 11 months old, was not sitting very far from me. And I jumped up and I was like, yeah, so let's go. What boy, Vinny? I was fired up. I was so excited. And my wife was like, why are, what? They're, it's the game's not over yet. I was like, I don't care. They're going to win. <laughs> and then they didn't. But that was not the young guy's fault. That was Joel Pyomps, who is not going to be on this team probably next season, right? So I was so excited. I was so fired up. I could not have been in a better mood watching baseball outside of the playoffs. I haven't felt like that in years. I, I was rejuvenated by the youth and the hope and the promise of tomorrow instead of, man, I hope Michael A. Taylor gets another hit today because then we might be able to get something back for him in a trade. It was so refreshing. Josh, I want to go to you first. Do you feel the same way I feel even after a heartbreaking loss today? I mean, of course. It's us being a farm or a, a minor league-centric podcast and, and website and grouping and team. We're 100% probably more excited than most Royals fans. But I do believe that Royals fans in general are hype right now because they do see a glimpse of the future. It's kind of like we're getting a futures game and we're kind of getting a another way to think about it is like those late call-ups that we used to get in like for the month of September. Those are getting crammed into one game. And all of those dudes that are getting called up are doing something special during these times. They're they're hitting, you know, game game leading home runs. They're they're throwing really good pitches in on Hill Zerpa the other night. They're they're doing the, Michael Massey. I mean, Nate Eaton. All these dudes have done something in these games that makes you be like, oh, oh, damn. Okay, who the hell is this kid? Who? Hey, Josh, Alex, who, who the hell is who the hell is on Hill Zerpa? Well, let me tell you, buddy. Uh, it was just it kind of gets the momentum going. There's a spark on this team that is both in the clubhouse and on social media and on Twitter and all these places. It's it's palpable. The the momentum and the spark is contagious. It's really cool to see. I tweeted several times on Friday night, just LFG on Twitter. I was so fired up over Nate Eaton. And by the way, it wasn't just us. Because we sold more draft guides <laughs> the night w- when I entered the promo code in. I was like, Nate Eaton home run. We're taking a dollar off the – it's like basically 25% off the price. Go get you a draft guide. And we sold so many of them. So I really, I really believe that the social media interaction we got, the messages I was getting. Jeremy messaged me Friday after the game and said, when are we doing a podcast? I want to come on. I'm fired up. So, Jeremy, let's hear it, man. How excited were you? Because I'm serious. I'm serious. Let me see if I can find the actual transcript of the of the message Jeremy sent me. Literally right after the game, he said, "You got to get me on the next pod. I want to cheer for these guys." I was like, "Let's do it!" Like it was, I was so fired up, Jeremy. Let's let's hear how excited you are for these young kids. I I thought 
maybe I was I was losing my mind or like I might be the only one. I was watching that game and I was I was as fired up as you guys. I'm not a minor league guy really. I really just mostly follow the major leagues over at Royals Review. And I was I was just oh man, who's Nate Eaton? I don't know. He had a home run. That was awesome. And uh, you know, I, I've still heard of Nick Prado and I've heard of you know some of these guys, and it, it's great to see all these guys come up and the energy of watching that game, like even if they had lost and they lost today, and you called it a heartbreaking loss. I don't I don't find this, this game didn't break my heart. I was like, yeah, they lost, but the kids were out there and they were doing stuff. Yep. It was fun, and this is absolutely the most fun I've had since at least 2017. It's it's not even close, and I didn't even realize just how miserable I had been all year watching world <laughs> games. Like it's, it's not been fun. And this is, I mean, it's supposed to be fun. That's the whole point. And this is fun watching these guys go out there and try and, and they're all having fun. You can just, you can just tell like at the interviews in the locker room after the, the first Toronto game, like, they're just they were all cheering for each other they're all there for each other and it was it was great to see i was i just can't i can't oh, i'm shaking over it hmm. did you notice when vinny hit his home run who the first player out of the dugout cheering on the field was Ooh, nobody anybody noticed it i didn't i'm gonna guess nicky lopez nicky lopez yeah out on the on the grass or on the turf going insane for vinny's home run that is leadership. That is showing the kids who are here for the first time what being competitive looks like and what caring looks like and what being passionate looks like. And people lead in different ways. And so we're going to get to these guys in a minute. And I, this this specifically is not a knock on Whit Merrifield or Hunter Dozier. It is not at all. But your two veteran leaders on the team are more quiet. They don't, they don't get going like that. Hmm. And that is okay as long as the youth on the team feels like they can go nuts. Like when Alex Gordon was the veteran, Eric Hosmer, Mike Moustakis, Lorenzo Cain had no problem showing leadership at the same time. We haven't seen this from the youth while it's been Whit Merrifield and Hunter Dozier's team. And to see Nicky Lopez go out like that, to me, it's just another example of like, let him lead. Like, it doesn't always have to be your best player's who are the leaders? It helps. It helps when your best player is also a charismatic leader. We've seen that in Patrick Mahomes, right? But yeah. Patrick Mahomes is one in 10 million. He's one in a hundred million. It, they don't exist. So having leaders like Nikki Lopez who are out actively celebrating your successes. Nikki mm -hmm. Lopez did not have his best game today. He was out on the field celebrating Vinny Pasquantino's success because Vinny Pasquantino's success was the royal success. And he put himself behind the team. He put the team first. He was out there celebrating. It was fantastic. I saw Vinny Pasquantino, that quote. They um, Was it Massey or was it Eaton? It was Eaton, Nate Eaton. When he hit the home run, they were interviewing him. They said, did any of the guys on the team give you like, like tips? He's like, yeah, Vinny told me to go out and take it all in before stretch. I'm like, Vinny's only been here for a month. <laughs> like, he's the one who's giving out the advice. Hell yes. Hell yes. I'm in. I am not surprising at all either. I mean, that dude is, is special in and of himself. We've talked about that a lot of times. Oh my gosh. It was so cool to watch. So Jeremy, really quick. I want to come right back to the idea of the youth in, in leading 
And I think we can all agree, I would watch the loss they took today 100 times out of 100 over getting throttled or just with, with the veterans who were already on the team who weren't there this weekend, I would just rather watch the kids lose. They're fun, they're energetic, and there's hope and promise for tomorrow. Am, am I out of line for thinking that? No, I don't think you're out of line at all. Um, that reminds me of uh, Dayton Moore's uh, kind of theory of building a winning team is to always be trying to win and to make sure you have veterans around to lead and do all this stuff. And I wonder if... I mean, I think there's some validity to that, but I wonder if it's getting in the way with his current roster, with his current group of people that he's got. Because I feel like the the guys who are around now, the veterans who are around now, are just used to losing. They're used to, you know, this team isn't good. And so they kind of just approach the game like, yeah, it's, uh, the team's not going to be good. Uh, maybe I'll get traded. Maybe I'll be around next year. Who knows? Uh, do things however I need to do them. And then you bring these kids up and they're like, I'm in the big leagues. Let's go out and win. And they got the energy and they got the fire and they, they, they want to, they want to succeed right now. And it, ma it matters. It seems like it matters more to them. I, maybe that's not true, but that's how it feels watching these last three games is it feels like it matters more to them. And, and if these leaders that you're keeping in the clubhouse to lead, it doesn't matter to them, then they're not helping you anymore. They're not offering anything. So it, it, I, I would I'm 100% with you. I'd rather watch these young guys try their hardest and, you know, fail sometimes, maybe fail most of the time than, than see guys who are just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in the big leagues and this is what I do now and whatever. Clint Skulls pointed this out on Twitter and it's not something I had thought about before, but the more I think about it now, the more I just continue to give validity to it. Hunter Dozier and Whit Merrifield never won anything in the minors. Eric Hosmer did. Mike Moustakis did. They all did. Michael Massey, Nick Prado, this next wave has. But this middle wave has never won anything in the minors. And now we can get a little bit into the, the, the negative part of the show. <laughs> what Whit Merrifield said out loud twice. Not only did he say it in the clubhouse on Wednesday, he doubled down on 610. He's like, oh, I care about the city. Nobody said you didn't care about the city. We don't really care if you like Kansas City. Like, I, I don't live in Kansas City. I don't care. You can trash Kansas City all you want. It has nothing to do with that. You told your teammates publicly that you wouldn't get the vaccine for them, but you would for someone else. And I don't care what that thing is. People keep talking about, they keep mentioning me in comments about the vaccine. Oh, you just hate them because you won't get the vaccine. I don't care. I don't, like... I know the other side of this is going to come back at me and like, well, you should care maybe, but I don't, he's let, he's, a, he's, he's a grown man. I don't care what he does because I, I just don't, maybe I should, but I don't, it has nothing to do with the vaccine. It could be eating your vegetables, hitting the weight room, going on a morning jog, taking the extra round of batting practice. What are you willing to do to put the team in front of yourself? How much extra work are you willing to put in to make sure that the team will benefit from your performance. And what Whit Merrifield said is, I don't care about you. I'm not getting the vaccine for you. But if I was on another team, I might. I might put in the extra work. I might go the extra mile. I might do the extra thing for another group of guys, but not you. Really not for you himself. guys here in the clubhouse. 
really for himself more than it, another team. It's it's about can I go to the playoffs? Okay, then I'll do it. Like yes. it doesn't. It's he's not about other teams. It doesn't. It's all about wit. Yes, mm. and, and by the way, if, if people keep saying, "Well, can you blame him for wanting to win?" He's the reason they suck. He was the reason early on, not the reason. There was a lot of reasons. But when the Royals were bad early on, Whit Merrifield was the worst hitter in everyday baseball. He was the worst everyday hitter in Major League Baseball. You are part of the reason the team sucks. You don't get to have the cop out now to go somewhere else and win when you're the reason they stunk. Mm. It was you. It was you and Carlos Santana. And then after the first two weeks, it was the pitching staff. But you can't if, – if he was hitting really well – like if he was Michael A. Taylor, okay, I get it. Michael A. Taylor's on a two-year deal. He didn't come up in the Royal system. He's actually producing. He's one of the reasons they're winning. Yeah, it's a little better. It's still bad. Whit Merrifield cannot be saying that out loud. It's horrible. Josh, I know you're you walk a line of agreeing with me, but I want to you tell me. Is that a ridiculous thought? Because when I heard those comments, and Nicky Lopez, by the way, just to circle back really quick, I was like, oh, no, I respect his decision. You shouldn't. You should not respect that thing that he said in the clubhouse on Wednesday. And if everybody in that clubhouse is like, oh, no, it's cool with what Witt said, they need to go find another group of leaders who do care about what he said because what he said is wrong. Yeah, and I, I, it, I, I've talked to you about it. I don't disagree with him wanting to go to a contender i mean he's played a lot of bad or he's played a lot of good baseball for a bad baseball team for two or three seasons it is what it is i mean i understand it his career's winding down he wants to go play for contender he can only you know uh help out a contender for so many so many more seasons i understand it i totally get it you could have done what every athlete has ever done unvaxxed you could have said the same thing it's my personal choice blah 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 bad fact bad fact bad fact you could have done that and everybody would have been like they are doing the same thing with ben attendees like well what, whatever it is what it is we're not going to make you get vaccinated at this point but no to go out there unprovoked unasked and say something like that when your agent can absolutely handle that conversation in the background without like turning people off is absolutely the way this should have gone down <laughs> And then to go like clarify your comments and do what he did again and double down on it, it's just worse. I mean, you made Dayton Moore the guy that would only ever have your back in this situation. Not only say that he is disappointed in what you said, disgusted in what you said. That's Dayton Moore's words. And I guarantee you that the unvaxxed part does not affect him nearly as much as the, well, if they trade me, I'll go potentially get a, get a vaccine. He clearly gave up on the team at that point. I understand people want to give him his due. He absolutely deserves it. 500-plus straight games of playing on a shitty team. I get it. I understand it. Vaccination is what it is. It's a, obviously a polarizing topic in our time. But it's you, you just don't say that stuff. And I think I'm not real sure that there's a way to come back into that locker room facing those guys after saying what you have said. So not only have you divided and completely lost all credibility in your locker room that you're the leader of, that I think you're the leader of, but you've also potentially lost a ton of trade value in, in yourself. You, you've chosen to show that you are ready to give up on a team 
and you're also not going to get vaccinated potentially. <laughs> so, yeah. And we've also seen Ben Attendee already losing, like the Yankees are no longer interested. Obviously, you can't go to Toronto. Those are some of the two top trade partners that they could potentially have gone with, and both of those teams are apparently out. So you're ruining your trade value, you're ruining your own chances, and you can't come back to that locker room, let alone for another season. He's under contract next season. How do yeah. you go in there and convince this young group that I'm not going to give up on you this time, guys? This time I'm in. You yeah. can't. You just and, can't. And circling back to Ben Intendi, I had somebody ask me, well, what's the difference? Ben, you know Ben Intendi feels that way. Ben Intendi's not the team captain. He's yep. not on all the banners. He didn't come up in the Royal system. He, oh, it, it, again, I, I kind of compare things like coaching and teaching sometimes, but like we don't get disappointed in the kids we don't get as disappointed in kids where the expectations are lower. Like what's expectations were sky high. And Mm -hmm. when you fall so short of that by self-destructing the way he did, that's why I'm upset with wit is I wanted to like wit. I wanted wit to go down as a Joe Randa, as a David, the Jesus as that second tier borderline Royals hall of famer at the end of his career, who we look back on and go, man, those teams he played on sucked, but Whit Merrifield busted his butt every day, gave the team everything he had. And now when we look back, you know what we're going to remember? Whit Merrifield saying, I'm not doing what I want to do for the Royals, and I'll do it for somebody else. Jeremy, I know you have some thoughts on this. Go ahead um, here pretty quick. But I just – that's that's the thing of it. Like I'm not – I would. we all know Ben Benintendi's getting traded. Right, I wouldn't blame Ben and Tim something like that. Kick rocks, go down the road. See you later. Thanks for bringing us back some value. It's different for Wit. So, if I'm actually, I'm of the opinion that if I'm one of the other nine guys in this situation, I'm also really pissed off at Wit right now because I think he, by saying what he did, he highlighted that that's kind of where they all are. That they're all in this position where. I can't be bothered to do everything possible to be there for my team. By saying that, it highlights, like, you look at Witt and you go, well, oh, he's not doing everything possible and he's admitting it. Wait, those guys aren't either, even if they're not admitting it. If the Royals were a playoff team this year, these guys, if these guys stayed non-vaccinated, they could end up in a series, a playoff series in Toronto, and you'd have to lose a third of your team, half of your team. That is not ideal. <laughs> and and it's it's really just it by if he had just stuck to the to the line, like Josh said there, uh of uh you know it's a personal choice, everyone would have just got you know, we've all heard this a million times. Nobody's gonna really question it that much at this point. So, but by going that extra step, there's questions now about like, oh, oh, so uh so that's what's going on here, huh? And uh and so I don't think Witt's got many friends left anywhere right now. He's he's kind of really dug himself in a hole. And like you said, that attempt at uh, clearing the air did not go uh, the way I think he thought it was going to go. Because like you said, he no one no one thought he, he didn't like Kansas City. No one cared whether he liked Kansas City. They thought you're being selfish and you're hurting the team. And what do you have to say for yourself? Oh, well, uh, you know, I'm selfish and I'm hurting the team and I wouldn't stop being selfish if it would help me. Yeah. And I was, so Dylan Coleman tweeted while the Royals were on the road, stay true to yourself. Hunter Dozier and his reasoning for not getting the vaccine. I, 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 me, 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 I, I, I. Whit Merrifield, if I was on another team, 
if I was somewhere else, then I might get it. The issue, the, the biggest issue I have with it, and this is an extreme because they're professionals, it's a little different, but I know that the vaccine is a, an, an extreme example. It's so hyperbolic, it's almost not worth bringing up. <laughs> but by not, like Brad Keller, I wish I could go. You can, you can go. All you have to do is get the vaccine and you could have gone. So all the excuses about why they're not there for the team, what I'm hearing is, I'm putting myself above the team. And I don't think these guys realize how that comes off. You, It's a team sport. I was watching a speech one time, and then this is the last bit, and we'll, we'll turn back to some positives. Watching a speech one time, this guy had interviewed a bunch of Navy SEALs. He's one of the highest performing groups of people on Earth. They have to be right all the time, and they put up a graph. So think of your XY axis, and on... The x-axis was trust, and on the y-axis was performance. So in the bottom left-hand corner, you have a person who is low performance, low trust. Nobody wants them. Top right, you have high performance, high trust. Obviously, everybody wants them. Where we fall into a weird trap is, would you rather have high trust, low performance, or high performance, low trust? And the SEALs basically implied if we can get a guy of medium performance but high trust, we would take him over high performer, low trust all the time. Dylan Coleman, high performer. You have to look at him right now, low trust. Brad Keller, medium performer, low trust. Whit Merrifield, high performer, low trust. How do I know you're willing to do everything I need you to do for my career and our team if you won't do this thing? And again, I know it's an extreme example. It is so <laughs> much different than just getting an extra set of reps in in the weight room. It's yeah. so much different than the extra batting practice reps. I get it. But if all you would have said, like we've been talking about, is I made a personal decision not to get the vaccine, hmm. when you continue on and on about me, 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 and I, 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 you are expressing to everyone listening that you are thinking about yourself more than the team. That is a fact. There is no mm. way around it. And that's the part that got me. It has nothing to do with their choice of being vaccinated. And I want to make that very clear because I'm tired of people making comments about me being anti, anti-vaxxers. I do not care. Maybe I should. I don't. It is 100% about the idea of the team game and the idea that these comments they're making are telling anyone who's listening, I care about me more than I care about the team. Just wanted to clarify that for the last time, and then I'm done responding to people. <laughs> really quickly, Josh, Whit Merrifield, Michael A. Taylor, Andrew Benintendi, blocking guys like Nick Prado, Michael Massey, and Nate Eaton. Would you be okay if none of the three came back just so that we can see Nick Prado, Michael Massey, Nate Eaton in the big leagues for the rest of the season? Would you be okay moving Merrifield, Benintendi and Taylor right now to make that happen. I'm 100% on board with moving them, period. I, I mean, I I love Witt. I mean, I've, I've been in his corner. I've been a backer of Witt since, you know, since he has kind of been the guy to, to kind of look at, um, which kind of, I mean, goes back to your point, like you kind of lukewarm on him and this is kind of just throwing you over the edge. I kind of liked him. And so it kind of sent me on the, uh, the, wrong, the wrong side of that. So I'd be fine with them getting – I've been trying to get them to sell Witt – so high on wit for the last three seasons. It is what it is. 
Uh, I said at the beginning, like, I'd be shocked if they actually did it, but this kind of does it, like, puts them at that point where you kind of have to. So I'm very curious as to about, you know, if they actually do it or not. Ben Attendee's been gone, whatever. Michael Taylor has been great, so I've been wanting them to kind of sell on him to get any kind of value. Not necessarily because of this. I, I don't really want to see them. I do want to see those minor guys get their opportunities and stuff, but I also very much want to get the value that those guys bring. So if they need to go back into that weird locker room with the weird vibes and the weird energy for another month just to see if they can build up any kind of value and get as much leverage as they can in a deal, so be it. There's been plenty of talk. I mean, Piccolo talked about it, that most of these teams aren't paying attention to the trade deadline until after the draft. And after the draft, there's still going to be three weeks to to build and bolster trade value, and that's apparently when a lot of these teams are going to be looking. So if they have to go in there and get more value back, then, get, then do it. That's fine. You're going to have to write out some weird energy in that locker room for a few weeks, and it is what it is. But I, I, that's the only kind of reasoning for it. I think they all probably got to – I don't see Michael A. Taylor being that outspoken dude being like, hey, you guys shouldn't get the vax. <laughs> I don't see him being that guy. I see him being super quiet and doing his job and going about his business and just happen to not be vaccinated. The other two, I'm not 100% sure about that. So it, I feel like Michael Taylor is going to have the same energy, the same vibes going into that locker room. No one's going to give it two thoughts. The other two, maybe not. Jeremy, really quick, last thoughts on, on this specific topic. If you were in that locker room and you heard what Witt said after the game on Wednesday and you were a player in that locker room, are you able to play with Whit Merrifield for more than the next three weeks? I, I'm not. Able, yes. Uh, happy about it, absolutely not. Um, as I as I was listening to Josh's answer to your last question, I was thinking, you know, uh, Michael A. Taylor, if he hangs around till till almost the the trade deadline, that doesn't bother me too much. Andrew Benintendi doesn't bother me too much as a player in the the locker room. That's how I would feel. Um, Whit Merrifield, I, I almost think. He, he, you got to get rid of him. You got to do something at this point because these 10 guys have kind of shown as, as a whole. And Witt has not intentionally, I'm certain, has kind of set himself up as the kingpin. So I feel like you got to do something here to send a statement to the guys. Listen, we hear that these guys are, are being selfish. They're not looking out for the team. You got to do something to say, we understand this. We are looking out for the team. And so, you got to make some kind of move there. Whether that's, I mean, I don't think you cut with Merrifield, but maybe you trade him for whatever you can get between now and the when the All-Star break ends. Just anything. Because um, surely somebody offers something. And... I think you kind of just have to make that move just to be like, listen, we're all, we are paying attention. Cause if you just bring them all back, everyone's going to look around and be like, so they're, they're not paying it. They don't care. No one cares. And I don't think that's the, the message you want to send to that locker room is that no one. And, and I think just waiting until the trade deadline to trade them doesn't, doesn't fix it either. If you, you just keep all of them. Um, so I think you got to do something and maybe it's not trading. Maybe they've got another idea of something they can do, but you got to do something quickly soon or else you're gonna you're gonna lose the locker room more than it's already seen because we've had, heard rumors all year about like oh that locker room is not in good shape um so you gotta do something or it could get a lot worse real quick 
I agree. I agree 100%. Jeremy, thank you for joining us tonight. Josh and I are going to wrap up the podcast with a quick preview of our live draft show tomorrow night. Um, so really quick, we're going to say goodbye to Jeremy. Jeremy, thanks for joining us. It was really good to talk to you. We will get you on for a full-length podcast episode uh, here coming up. Hopefully after the trade deadline, we can break down and analyze what this team will look like uh, in August and September. So Sounds appreciate great. you joining us, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, thanks again to Jeremy Greco from Royals Review for joining us. I love that dude. We hosted the Royals Review radio podcast together, and my favorite part about that was Jeremy and I are, are very different, and we got along great anyway, and I think that show had a lot of great back and forth and missed doing that show with him, so hopefully we'll get him on a little more often because he is, A, a fantastic person. B, he has really good baseball analysis, even if he's not, super dug into the minor league side of things really quick uh, later tonight, six o'clock at the kingdom bar and grill in Olathe. We are going to have our live draft show. Josh and I will be there. Marcus and Mike Mead of the Royals weekly podcast will be there. We will have guests. We'll call in one guest is hopefully going to call in from the draft to talk about the Royals ninth pick. We're going to have another big national prospect writer call in. Hopefully, Depending on who's drafted, we'll have a college coach call in. Depending on who they end up with, have a coach call in and talk about their player. That's just kind of depends on who it is and, and what time it all happens. So, But anyway, we have a really cool show planned for you. It'll be a really great breakdown of Royals-centric. I know when I watched the draft in the past, you know they're, they're, they're focusing on the players, which is awesome. It's what they should be doing. They talk about the Royals pick, and then they're gone. And it's like, we're on to the Rockies at pick number 10. So this way, what you'll get is a little bit of back and forth about the picks, the players, but specifically how it affects the Royals, how the Royals farm system looks, how will it look after the draft, who could be around later, 
that the Royals could go get. We'll do pick number nine, pick number 49, and then we will cover it more on social media and on the website for days two and three. So tomorrow night, starting at six, the MLB draft, come out to the Kingdom Bar and Grill. It is, again, the KCSN Royals Farm Report MLB draft show. It will be a blast. If you're not familiar with the idea, go to the YouTube channel and just look up the KCSN laboratory guys who did the NFL draft show back in April. Mm -hmm. Outstanding content. We are not nearly as talented as they are. We are going to do our best uh, to break (laughs) down the draft for you. And I know Major League Baseball doesn't do quite the production that the NFL does. It's still a great time. And you're you're basically what the draft is for the Royals is you are adding a top five prospects to your system, hopefully for free. You just get to take this guy, you put him in your system, and now voila, right? So yep. hopefully, hopefully they get a top five prospect. I'm a little afraid they're not going to. Uh, but the the more smoke around the idea of an underslot is starting to scare me off a bit. But buy your draft guide, royalsfarmreport.com. We've got it pinned to the top of the site. Come out to the Kingdom Barn Grill. I promise if the Royals draft Jace Young with the ninth overall pick, there will be all of the money that I made personally from the draft guide, which is probably going to be close to $200, I will pump into shots of cheap whiskey for anybody who's there. <laughs> we, will, we will run it around. Only for you Jace Young. I will be so excited. I promise. I will take all of my draft guide money, give it to the bartender, and I will say, give these people cheap whiskey. Just start pouring them because that's a be that's a promise and not a threat. That's a promise. Okay, warm, cheap whiskey is is a promise. Yeah. If okay. we draft Jace Young, you're gonna have to take over for a little bit because I'm gonna be doing laps around the bar to celebrate. So uh-huh. that's um, fine. Uh, but anyway, if if Elijah Green is drafted, uh, there will be a new house on the market on Monday morning. Perfect. Oh, yep. oh wow, you're just selling no i have to i I said it i said it if it happens i have to sell my house it just it is what it is so okay did you bet the mortgage that way you can buy twice a nice nice a nice no no i'm just gonna have to bank on elijah buying me a new house at this point hey he might he He might might. he seems like a great guy he definitely won't if you don't ask true you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take so it's it's motto of mine yep okay all right I am fired up. Michael Massey, fourth round pick. Vinny Pasquantino, 11th round pick. Nate Eaton, 21st round pick. There's no more 21st round. The MLB draft is over after 20 rounds. The Royals had three players in their big league lineup that were Michael Garcia was not a massive signing bonus guy out of the international signees. Nate Eaton, 21st round pick. Michael Massey in the fourth. Vinny in the 11th. Uh, I'm going around. Emmanuel Rivera was like, um, like a ninth maybe. That's what um, I wanted to say. Yeah. Edward Olivares was a, a trade. They yep. just they just keep finding ways to put these guys in, draft more hitters, and let the kids play. That's going to be the anthem for the next week or so. Josh, I will see you tomorrow evening. For the rest of you guys, good night. So long to Canada, and we will see you all very soon. <laughs>